0: Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to builtbar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day, hello, New York Giants fans, and welcome to another edition of Locked On Giants, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trana, and it is Monday, March 22nd, 2021, and we are coming off a rather busy weekend. The Giants making the big move, they got Kenny Galladay. And for those of you who usually just check out the podcast during the week, we did do an emergency podcast over the weekend that is available um, if you go to the show listings on Apple, Google Play, wherever you get your podcasts, there's a, a list of episodes that we do here at the Locked on Giants podcast. So that's actually the episode before the one you're about to hear now. On today's program, we have David Turner who, uh, um, as you folks might remember, and those of you don't, um, he was with me all throughout the uh, Senior Bowl week, and he was kind enough to come on and provide his expertise from over 15 years as an NFL scout and a personnel guy. He's actually worked with the Giants before, did some work with Dave Gettleman way back in the day. He is uh, the the president of Mav Consulting, which is a group that – helps out young players who are trying to get into the NFL and and football in general. So he really is a good resource and I'm absolutely thrilled to have him on the program. David, thanks so much for joining me.
1: I appreciate you having me back on. This is going to be fun. I always enjoy our time together.
0: Same here. And, And I'm sure we're going to be, be talking to each other a lot as the weeks go by, especially as we lead up to the draft. But what I want to cover today is I want to talk a little bit about what the giants have done so far in free agency and looking at the, the list of free agents that they have brought in. Let's start off with a a general big picture type of uh, perspective here. What do you see as being the giants plan in free agency? And and what do you think the advantages are to what they're doing versus the disadvantages?
1: I think they're being calculated. Obviously they're, um, you know, they're, they're honing in on their guys, but they're also being patient with the market. The market is, is slowing down. A lot of money, as we saw, New England came out and spent money early and got their guys. But now the money's starting to dry up. A lot of teams were, you know, uh, cash strapped. And so figures and numbers that originally players and agents thought they were going to roll into the market and earn and get aren't is not there. And we're seeing veterans taking one-year deals, two-year deals. Um whereas in the past they would have went three and four year deals. So I think what the Giants have done is calculate out who and where they want to spend their money and now let the market kind of come to them with the rest of the opportunities and, and figures that are sitting there.
0: Who are some of the names that the Giants have signed that really, you know, caught your eye and, and you know, maybe were a really good value type of signing?
1: I think the best value signing that I've seen is the defensive end that came over from the Vikings. Um, now I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to mess up his name because I'm not good with it, but Odin Ogbo, Ag- um, you know, for one year and $2.5 million, they really got a guy who could step in there, play their scheme Rel uh, fits incredibly well into this defense, gives them an extra pass rusher, um, strong, strong, big guy too that can hold the defensive end position i really like that i like the Devonte booker on a two-year deal you know i really think that solidifies the backup running back position for two years now and then jonathan harrison a one-year 1.25 million dollar deal that uh that deal to me is interesting too because it helps them up front and it's not overextending there Now, uh, the uh, uh, Abondingo boat. Okay, sorry. I know I'm being, I don't get it. Um, But him and Harrison are band aids because they're one year deals. So those are still position and needs, I think, going forward in the draft.
0: Yeah, definitely. But uh, you know, I was really excited about uh, the Vikings' defense, the former Viking defensive lineman. And uh, I, I listen, just so you know, I butchered his name too. It's something I've got to learn. I'm very bad with names, but um, he's an interesting player uh, because what what does that tell you about maybe? What they're doing with the defensive ends because they don't really have a true blue goose pass rusher. You know they have Lorenzo Carter or Shane Both those guys are coming off of injuries. Um, you know, but but really neither one of them has really stepped up and declared himself as the guy. Is this a just you know competition? I mean, Carter Coughlin I know was in that mix as well. So is this strictly competition or or you know what do you see this guy's role as?
1: I think he gives you a really, you know, defined uh, veteran presence at defensive end. And again, it's a position I think that Gettleman has has earmarked for the draft. So it's like, okay, now whatever draft pick you bring in, there's not that need. A necessity for them to come in and be a stud, because you got this guy playing, and as that young kid develops and starts to work his way through the defense and and get stronger and get better at what you know what they need him to get better at, now he can take that position next year. So Gettleman for two uh, two point five million dollars has got a guy that takes the pressure off his rookie, and I think that's very smart. Cause a lot of rookies might step in coming off a of COVID year might not be in the best shape and then they get forced to play and then they're injured. Whereas this is, you can still take a defensive end or a defensive player in the first round and, and the pressures off him from having to start right out the gate when you still don't know what the off is going to look like, if there's going to be may camps, whatever. So, you know, this, you get your veteran guy in there and then at training camp, it all plays out, but it, it's very cap friendly. It's a very good player. So for me, I, I like this move a lot.
0: Yeah, it's one of my favorite moves as well. I mean, I, I think it's a very under the radar type of move. You know, the guy was a, was formerly a, I think, a, se- a seventh rounder, but bounced around a little bit. And from what I understand, in his first tenure with uh, with with Minnesota, they wanted him to play inside, and that really wasn't a fit for him. So then he went and uh, kind of bounced around a little bit. And now when he came back, he was able to move to the outside. So uh, that's where his, his career kind of took that jump. Let's look at some of the other free agent signings that the Giants have made. Now, just a disclaimer, folks, as we record this, Kenny Galladay, the receiver, is not signed by the Giants. Um, the report, as we rec- as we record this, is that he was due in East Rutherford, Around late Thursday afternoon, early Thursday evening. So I would not expect anything to get done. If something's going to get done, until uh, Friday at the soonest. Now, uh, David, let me just go there for a little bit. Let's let's talk about Galladay and why this guy seems to be the right fit for the Giants out of all the other veteran free agents that are you know out there at receiver. What makes him so ideal for what the Giants run or what they want to do?
1: Well, they don't have the height that they need. And think about, you know, when uh, the Giants went to the Super Bowl last time, they had Plaxico Burris, right? And they they went and got him in free agency, a big old six-foot-five, big dominant red zone, third-down receiver. Gettleman down at Carolina, you had Functious and and folks down there that were big, big big-body receivers. So this would give them their big body to go with um, Sterling Shepard and other receivers that they have you know so for me i see i see him as a great fit if he they don't get the deal done if the market isn't where the kids comfortable and they can't you know close it out and he winds up going somewhere else then i think this will become a high priority in the draft for them is to get height inside that receiver room you know that's what made me shake my head at the the John Ross signing is like you know that's another short guy like he's not really tall and you got a lot of guys that aren't, you know, really dominant stature wise in that room. You got good route runners, you got quick guys, you got versatile guys, but you don't have that tall, lengthy um, body that we saw. Like Pittsburgh went and got in the Canadian kid last year, um, you know. So you know the Mapletron guys. So I think that's what they need for the room, and Galladay makes a lot of sense there to be that guy for that room.
0: Now, can you just explain to, to the listeners out there, you know, we hear about the importance of getting a tall receiver. What advantages does a tall receiver give to a quarterback, um, reg- I guess, regardless of the height? Because, you know, Daniel Jones, I think, is what, 6'5"? So, you know, it's, it's not like he, he would necessarily have trouble seeing beyond the tree, so to speak. But what advantage <laughs> does, does a, a big receiver give him?
1: The catch radius. So when you have a bigger receiver with 32-inch arms or so uh, and big hands, they can go up against a 5'11 corner. You can throw the ball up, and their catch radius is, is a larger area where you can have more of a miss space in the throw, but the receiver's still going to come down with the ball. You can throw it up high. You can throw it low. You can throw it behind them, back shoulder catches. And, again, they just are able to extend at a greater length – than shorter guys can do. And so that height and that mass, also you think about like a basketball rebounder, right? So if a guy is really tall, long, thick body, he can go out, rebound a guy, much like a Dennis Rodman did, just use his body to position, push off a little bit and, and, and win those contested catches. When you have shorter guys, they don't have that mass and that length to necessarily do that. So therefore they lose in contested catch situations more often than win.
0: Now let's uh, flip over ch- to um a guy that the Giants added, Devonta Booker, a you know, a running back. A lot of people see him as a potential replacement for Wayne Gallman. When I look at him though, I'm thinking he's more of a of a replacement for Deion Lewis, you know, that third down back a guy who can, you know, work out of the backfield, who can return kickoffs. I mean, am I off with my assessment there?
1: No, I think you're spot on. I think you're spot on with that assessment. I think Booker is a guy that I've seen, you know, at the Raiders uh, playing, and he's a guy that I think fits exactly what you're saying, the Deion Lewis role. They, you know, they see he's a guy that Deion's the guy they, they're going to lose in free agency, right? So, um you know, he's, he's, this is a Booker. And also if, if for some God reason, the main guy gets hurt again, Booker's got some size and some, some starts under his belt. So he could come in and uh, give you a really good veteran look there for you too, just in case something does happen in the, uh, in the, at the starter position.
0: You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Tranan and special guest, uh, David turner from Mav sports consulting he's also a contributor to nfl draft bible and uh, we are talking giants free agency we're talking about uh, how the draft is going to be set up a whole lot more coming up right after this bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but nba college basketball and the nhl are in full swing Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV, real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your sportsbook expert. Hey, Giant fans, this is Patricia Trana, host of the Locked on Giants podcast. If you're looking for a way to keep Giants football in the forefront during this offseason, pick up a copy of my new book, The Big 50 New York Giants, The Men and Moments That Made the New York Giants. This 350 plus page book takes a deep dive into the rich history of the Giants franchise, covering every era with stories, photos, and more that take you behind the headlines. The Big Fifty: New York Giants is available on Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com, TriumphBooks.com, and wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today, and thank you to everyone for your support. Welcome back, Giant fans. Segment two of Locked On Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by David Turner, who is a one time nfl scout he's currently taking a little bit of a hiatus but no doubt that he will get back into the business sometime soon he's really good if you have not checked him out uh, you can go back and hear some of the the podcasts we did during senior bowl week where he gave some excellent insight and david um just getting back to the the giants here you know outside of of um you know the big bodied receiver what else are they missing given, you know, what they've done in free agencies? Is there anything really glaring that jumps out at you besides, obviously, the receiver?
1: When I'm looking at their um, their roster here, you know, for me, I think linebacker is still a, pos- a position of need. It's something that they really could use to add to the mix here. Another corner to go opposite of Bradbury um, is, is something I would look at as well. And, you know, I'm not – an and ingram guy you know it's not my he's not my favorite guy so for me i would be looking at tight end, into you know so i big receiver linebacker second corner but that sets them up really well for the draft being honest with you because you're now you're entering into the draft you don't have huge chasms and holes you have places of need um and then places of want to add more weapons to the room more uh more uh, things in the you know special teams wise and stuff. So I think that the Giants and their plan this year were calculated in free agency. So far, I think the market's going to correct a little bit. They'll get a little bit more busy between today, tomorrow, and this weekend, and they'll sure up some holes. And then probably be band aids. There probably won't be one year deals. And then uh, through the draft, they'll be looking to fortify those positions and uh, build for the future to conti- continue to have sustained success.
0: Now, obviously, in one offseason, you can't fill every single need and plug every single hole. If you were prioritizing what the Giants absolutely have to get done and what they can maybe afford to skate by with, if need be, what would be some of the areas or the one area that they can maybe afford to skate by with, even though it's, you know, it's, it's obviously a need for them?
1: I think they can skate by at the linebackers that they currently have. They have a good group. I just feel that there are some guys in the draft and maybe even still sitting there in free agency that can really come in and solidify it. Now, the thing with your linebackers, though, those are often your leaders. And to to come in and bring in a guy to replace like a uh, Martinez, you, you better have, uh, you know, a, a solid guy that's going to be there for a while because you don't want to, you know, Replace a Martinez with somebody, and then they're gone next year too. So that's not a place you want to rotate. So that would be a place I would look in the NFL draft to maybe solidify my linebacker position. So I have a young guy coming in, and then move on from Blake next year or something. Um, and a co- you know same thing with corner. I think you can go out and get a corner and put it put them a, a one year contract. You know, like the Vikings did with uh, Patrick Peterson at corner. But then you got a draft behind them to make sure the young guy behind them will be ready next year. So you know, it's 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 uh, yeah. I think and I think offensive line they need to add a little bit more depth there. I'm not sure if it's free agent market or it's going to be draft that makes more sense. Initial thoughts are more draft, get younger, have a lot of young bodies inside. So this way, you know, as people age out, move on. You, you got answers sitting there waiting for you in the backup positions.
0: You know, I, I you mentioned the offensive one, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about that. They decided to cut Kevin Zeitler, who has since signed with Baltimore. So that leaves them currently with Will Hernandez, a left guard, and Shane Lemieux, who's also a left guard, up I mean, what do you? How do you see that shaking out with the Giants? I mean, do you think one of those guys is going to move to the right side? And if so, can you just talk a little bit about the differences in playing on the left side versus the right side, and maybe who's better equipped to make that
1: move? Initial thoughts would be Hernandez moving over to the right guard position, um, run behind him, make that right side really strong, and run run that way, the thing is I've scouted Hernandez and in, in in high school and in college all he's ever played is a left guard position so now you're taking a guy that's you know twelve years of playing a certain way and asking him to move a different way might not be the best decision even though I see body style and type making sense on the right side so um, Lemieux might be the the actual fit on the right side uh, and again. Patricia, this this year in the draft, there are some good guards. There are some really, there are some good guards that can come in. They can draft young guy and put them in there, and they don't have to do with the first pick. Obviously, interior offensive lineman, it's something you, uh, where they're sitting. They'll find one in the second round. Um, where they can draft a guy and put him right in there. So, you know, I don't think you, you get as anxious with that offensive line, even though last year there was a lot of problems, because a guy like M- Lemieux could go two ways. He can be your starter at right guard, or he could be your versatile backup on game day that plays inside the, in- the interior offensive line position for you.
0: You know, and another guy who I don't think has played on the right side since his rookie season is Nate Solder he's a guy they brought back because you know the, the cap hit I guess they don't want to you know not have something to show for that cap hit the dead money hit I should say how difficult is it when a player has been playing on one side basically most of his career to to make the flip over to the other side
1: it depends on the athlete it depends on you know how they what they do in the offseason and how they train for it it's not natural a lot of things are backwards but again a, a guy like Nate I have another guy I've scouted and I've gotten to know. I think he can do it if, any, if anybody could. I don't know if they brought him back so much as a, a guy who's going to step in and start or as an insurance policy through training camp to make sure they get through training camp and then see what other teams' needs may be, and then they can trade him at that time and get something for him. Um, and to me, it made sense that way as an insurance policy, make sure you get through training camp, everybody healthy. And if someone does go down, you, you got them, you plug them in. you play with them. But if someone doesn't go down and another team needs them, you can trade them away and get something for them. Like you said, you don't want to just cut them and, and have that cap hit and nothing there to show for it. So I think he's a very good uh, insurance policy for them at this point. And again, the right tackle position to me, this is the Northern Iowa kid. I did a mock draft for the Giants the other day on a different show and and I thought, you know, if if the if the Northern Iowa kid was sitting there in the second round, that should be a guy they should take cuz he's 6'8", 330 and moves really well. He could sure uh, sew up that right tackle spot uh, as Tom, as Thomas Grows at the left tackle spot. You could have your bookends for a lot of years already set.
0: Interesting because I I know the Giants are, at least they sound like they're high on Matt Parrot who they pulled out of UConn last year so uh, but I guess you know that it's not going to be handed to him obviously he's going to have to compete and you know, Nate Solder it would be my guess would be this will be it for him you know this will be the, uh, the the one year that he plays and next year he won't be on this roster but um, David how much does free agency set up the draft or, or are they two totally separate thinkings? I know Dave Gettleman and a lot of GMs, they say we go best available. We don't go into the draft thinking we've got to pull A, B, C, and D. But I also got to believe that the draft and the free agency do work hand in hand and they, how they set up each other. Can you explain a little bit about that? And maybe, you know, if you have some insight into how Dave thinks, you know, just explain some of that. Well,
1: what I loved about working with Dave, it was and Ernie and Jerry when I was there and Kevin, obviously, was that they, they don't have a preconceived notion of what the team's supposed to look like going into this. What they do is they look at it and they look at the board and they say, well, listen, if we put, you know, player A, then that domino will affect all these. And then what does that team look like? Now take, instead of player A, take player B. Now what does that team look like? And once you start doing that, you, you really get creative. And each each year, each team doesn't have to look the same. They can look different. And you can still be successful. Now you're not saying vastly different, but you're, you're still in the same philosophy. But it's, it's a different lineup, and you can still be successful. So I, th- I truly think Dave uses the free agent period like this to to band-aid and sew up a few places like you know obviously getting Williams contract done that makes a big stitch that sews up that that defensive end spot for a long time right so that that was a way to use his money and and sew up that stitch wise but then you see the one-year contracts and those are band-aids Band-aids have to either be reinforced next year in free agency or they'll have to be reinforced in the draft. And, you know, for me, Dave's always taken the draft approach on that. Like, okay, we can get through with this guy here this year, and then we'll draft behind him. Get that. The young kid, some, you know, play time later in the year, he'll pan out. It'll start to come together. Like they did last year. Look at the last seven games of last year. A lot of those later draft picks and stuff got in, got playing, got forward and and showed that they really were the right picks. This, I think this year you're going to see similarly. They're going to take a few band aids in free agency, not overpay for them, give them one year deals, maybe two year deals. And then next thing you know, boom, you draft behind them and really sure up that, that, that position. And honestly, that's how you build sustained success is, you know, using every tool that's in your toolbox to get better. And, you know, not only just free agency, not only the draft, but street free agents, uh, workouts. And you look at post draft, uh, cuts that come, the June 1st cuts, you use all of it and you build the, you build your roster all the way up to training camp. And even in training camp, when you have injuries and things happen or a position's not planning or panning out, you have to make trades and, and keep going. That's your job as a personnel guy is to constantly, you know, uh, tweak, the, uh, the cap and the, the, the rooms and the locker room in order for to win a championship. And, you know, in this era, as I, as I always say, you can't pay them all. So you have to be really creative on how you build your roster and you, you continue to farm that roster, you know, week in and week out.
0: You're listening to Locked On Giants with Patricia Trainer and special guest David Turner of Maverick Sports. He's He also contributes to the NFL Draft Bible. Uh, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to turn the our attention to some early draft talks. So, folks, stay with us. Hey, Giant fans. If you haven't tried the all-new Built Bar, you're really missing out. They offer an amazing assortment of flavors, both of the nut and nut-free varieties, which is sure to appease any taste. And can I take a moment to tell you about their new Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar? Folks, this is by far my favorite of Bilt Bar selection and a perfect way for me to swap out a meal or if my day is particularly busy and I need a quick bite, tide me over until my next meal. Bilt Bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they really taste like you're eating a candy bar, except you're not you're indulging in a low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber treat that's great for the keto diet or any diet plan you happen to be on. So head on over to BuiltBar.com today and use the special promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com with the promo code LOCKEDON20 for 20% off your next order. Welcome back, Giant fans, to segment three of Locked on Giants. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined by David Turner. He is the president of Maverick Sports. He's also a longtime NFL, CFL arena. Football executive. He's been in the scouting community, worked with the Giants way back in the day. Uh, really knowledgeable, and uh, we're going to be hearing a lot from David. Hopefully, as we get you know get closer to the draft, get his expertise and his expert take on some of these guys that the Giants are looking at or select. And you know, speaking of the draft, David, let's turn our attention to. To the draft and some of the options the Giants have now, as I see it, the Giants sitting at number eleven are kind of in a stuck between a rock and a hard place. And that, you know, they need the big receiver. So if they land Gall- Galladay, that removes, I would think that would remove, you know, getting a, another big receiver off the board. I don't know. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Um, and if Kyle Pitts is in there, is you know. What happens then? I mean, in that case, if the Giants get Galladay um, and Pitts isn't on the board, what do the Giants do at number 11?
1: Oh, it's easy. to go to the pass rusher out of Miami. Um,
0: Rousseau? Yeah. Okay. You know,
1: if you look at the way Dave loves to build, it's through the trenches. So, you know, again, you got Williams. Rousseau is an athletic guy. But, again, you're running a 34. Where does he fit? He might not be your ideal fit. But as a pass rusher, especially early in his career coming off the edge while he's learning and developing, he's a guy that come you know, definitely pass rush. You work to get him a little stronger, put a little more beef on him, and he can ultimately, you know, he's got good size and length. I'm waiting for the official measurements. I haven't seen him yet. But he's a guy that I think can really grow into a player here for for the, the, the defensive line and be an early impactful player. With pass rush skills coming off the edge, you look at the great Giants teams that you know we've been around and seen. It's um, not only having a JPP, but having you know on the other side, uh, and Manura. Right, um, you got Michael Strahan and, and LT. You got great pass rushers that have been giant staples. This is this would be a player that definitely could step in and give them more pass rush ability and a lot of athletic ability coming from there. So, to me, if Pitts isn't there or you don't have a, a a lockdown, you know, you don't want to go get Waddle with his rare speed and ability, you know, and you, you know, there's no other moves. I think Rousseau is a great pick and a great pickup for him right there.
0: That's interesting because I've heard people say that um, when it comes to pass rushers, um, sometimes there's a potential to reach there. I mean, what would be the criteria though, over to say Rousseau as opposed to maybe a Michael Parsons if he's there? I mean, would you have to say, for example, can this guy well, Parsons give us X won't numbers? be there?
1: Parson you don't think Parsons there. will be there? If Parsons was there, Gettleman better better kiss. Kiss somebody right on the mouth. I mean, he if part if if Mike is there and he's sitting there staring at my, he's running the card up. He ain't taking a phone call. There ain't no fifteen minute wait time. There's a thirty second lag. Turn that card in. Parsons is it? Let's go. But there, I don't see Parsons <laughs> being there at all. No. Well, way. you
0: never know. I mean, but it, oh yeah, I, I my my point being is, is if you know you're looking at at an a edge rusher, do you say to yourself, okay? I have to be comfortable in knowing that this guy can give me X number of sacks in his first year. I mean, what criteria do you use to kind of distinguish and and say that this is definitely going to be my guy?
1: You look at his traits, length, size, initial get off step. Like when we had OC, I, mean, I mean, I mean, his his first step was amazing. It's just yeah. unbelievable, and that first step is a rare trait. If you find a guy that has that first step like that, you don't pass on him. You you pick him up, you develop him, you work with him. Um, if he's you know if he's got the length, the size coming from a big program like Miami um, or Florida State or Michigan or something, and he's got that kind of rush ability. You you do you take him because you're not going to find that guy in the draft. And if you find him in free agency, he's going to be a big price tag. So you you know for me. When you when you evaluate and you start taking the traits of certain individuals, especially defensive ends, that first step that get off hand use uh, hand violence to free up, uh, have a repertoire in their ability to uh, come back inside or multiple pass rush moves. You, you you take them and you don't ever look back. You don't think anything else. You know another direction they could go is corner right there, because at that position, if you do the draft math, that's people in front of them. You know, you could you could wind up with a Patrick Sertan or a uh, junior, Patrick Pat, uh, Sertan Junior, or a, uh, a, a JC Horn or or somebody still staring you in the face, and now you can get a lockdown, you know, corner right there at eleven. So, you know, these are both positions of need for them. And you know, if you get a Bradbury and a, and a top corner in this year's draft together. Then, you know, a year from now, two years from now, Bradbury still can play, might be a big price tag. You can move on from him because you've already got a a kid with two years of experience and still on a rookie contract sitting there staring you in the face.
0: Interesting. Now, let's talk about some of the the day two um, picks here for a second because I got to think at some point the Giants might want to have another tight end because I don't know that Evan Ingram – is the long term answer. I, I'm not a you know. I, I like him as a, a person. I've said this many times, but goodness, he he frustrates the heck out of me. And a guy that I kind of zeroed in on, if for lack of a better term, is is the kid from Penn State, Frermtz, Pat Frermtz, I think is how you say it. Um, in terms of value, I mean, do you see maybe a tight end at that spot, at the, the, the number two spot, or do you think guard or or maybe even a defensive tackle to replace Dalvin Tomlinson?
1: Yeah, I think you bring up some great opportunities right there because if they really do like the right tackle and um, and Perrett, then you know what, you can go guard right there. You can go a really nice guard out of um, probably the kid out of Notre Dame. Would be a good a good opportunity right there, um, and then and or, you know, you can take the interior defensive lineman maybe from LSU, big nose guard that's a big plugger right there. So, you know, you can go both those routes. Now let's just say Pitts is there in the first round, and you take Pitts because he's a difference maker, and you want that kind of, and you want to be able to move on from Ingram. Now the second round you don't need uh, tight uh, a tight end. But say you went corner or pass rusher in the first round, and Fairmuth is still there. Well, if you believe Fairmouth, who's a you know more of a Gronk style, big body, not really a fluid athlete, you know almost kind of opposite of Ingram. You know, if you believe that that's your guy that you should go, you know go get, and he's sitting there, I would say go get him. I think in the third round though, you're going to find other players that fit the tight end mold. With the way the draft math is going to play out, that might fit right in there and be just as good. Like what they kind of did when they found a was it a boss in the uh, in the sixth round, I believe, when they drafted uh, Kevin Boss out of Western Oregon. I think there's some players that they might find some gems a little bit later in at the tight end position. It might not be the second round pick. I think a guard at that position and or um, pass rusher you know, if they don't take them in the first round might be a better, a better fit there, better value.
0: You know, and as, as I, you know, just answered that or asked that question about tight end uh, across, it just came across the wire that the giants picked up Kyle Rudolph. Uh, so that <laughs> probably takes tight end off the board there. Uh, David, some final thoughts on how this free agency class is kind of setting things up for the giants. You know, I, I know anything can go when it all depends on how the board falls, but what would you say y- your biggest expectation would be for the giants I mean, and as far as what gentleman might be thinking just staying true to what he's always done or you know adapting or you know going off off the script in some way shape or form
1: you know i love his car his courage a lot of people don't give him credit you know and when we when when he was in carolina and he took star latouille first round then he came right back second round took kk short I mean, it was just like, wow, well, what's he doing? Then the next year, he took another D tackle because he was using the the draft in order to, you know, solidify positions for that can be high priced for you know four to five years, and he just you know swooped in and he was strong enough in his beliefs and his core values. And he, he took the positions and ran with it. So, you know, for me, I think what he's doing right now is like I said, he's even with the Rudolph signing, he's sewing up and probably, I'm going to guess it's a one-year deal. I don't know. I'm just hearing it from you, but I'm going to guess it's a one-year deal. He's sewing that up and he's going to, he's putting in a position where he's got depth there. So now it's not a high priority in the draft, but again, they can wait till the third fourth round to maybe take a kid see who falls and then, and then make it happen. You know, I, I love what he's doing. I think he's very courageous in his, in his, in his calls, uh, on personnel. I know he's taking a lot of heat that some of the guys haven't panned out, but that's, that's sports. You're dealing with people. You're dealing with individuals. Some people get injured. They don't recover from injury very fast. Other people, you know what? the off the field stuff, just, you know, distracts them to the point where they never meet their, uh, their talent level on the field, so it, it, it is what it is. But I love what he's doing. I love the team that he's building right now. I think the Giants next year, healthy and moving forward, have really good core players to build around.
0: Yeah, I, I'm I'm optimistic. I think if they can sew up, uh, if they can sew up uh, uh, Galladay. I think they are going to be in really great shape. I'm really you know, optimistic about it. So we'll see. Anything can happen, and that's the beauty of free agency. So, David, always a pleasure. Thank you so much for coming on. And listen, let's plan to talk again soon because what I'd love to do, if you're up to it, is I'd love to have you go through a seven-round mock draft here on the podcast.
1: Oh, wow. That would be fun. Absolutely.
0: All right. Awesome. That's David Turner. He is uh, at Maverick Sports Consulting, a former NFL scout, worked for the Giants, longtime NFL personnel guy. And folks, you will probably be hearing a lot from him. He, he was a great guest for us during Senior Bowl week. Going to be a great guest for us, I think, You know, as we get into the draft and beyond the draft. And I can't wait to, to talk more with him. For David Turner, uh, we'll talk to you again soon.